recording some more about um um kind of like like Adventist culture um now mind you I'm I'm more so from the LA culture like in Los Angeles that's so different a lot of times um and, you know, because LA in general, Southern California in general, tends to be more, um, not so much with the conservative, the conservative side of things, but, um, so, when we're kind of looking at that we kind of noticed that um you know the Adventists in general tend to be pretty different from from like your mainstream Protestant Christians now I'm not going to go into like a whole lot of historical stuff I'm just going to talk about kind of the general modern experience um, I mean, I've talked a lot about experiences, but I would say we can talk about rites of passage, because um, in most cultures, you're going to have rites of passage of some kind, like in Catholicism, a lot of times there's like your first communion, or, you know, um, your baptism when you're really young, usually. Or, like, if there's, like, a baby dedication or a wedding or a baptism or a, um, things like that. Um, so, in Adventist culture, usually there's the baptism. Um, and the baptism doesn't usually take place in your very young youth I've never known of any churches that do that um usually you know the difference between um the denominations that do the childhood baptisms and adventisms traditions is that they believe that the person being baptized should be accountable and understanding of what's considered right and what's considered wrong to be able to make a choice if they want to actually choose to get baptized and before they're knowledgeable and able to discern between what's right and wrong they're not necessarily considered accountable for things that they do um now you know there's always those commandments about like obeying your parents and you know uh just generally keeping the commandments and things but um i mean a lot of times when you're young like you're taught a lot about the bible a lot about the traditions of what's considered okay and not okay a lot about um that you know 
you're kind of expected to get baptized and make a choice sometime. And usually it's in like your later youth, usually close to like your early teen years is usually kind of preferred, even though it's not like a written spoken thing. And a lot of times, unless you go directly to a pastor and say, hey, I think I'm ready to, you know, get baptized, um, you don't usually do um, pretty much anything. Like, unless you're actually, like, ready to do it. Um, you don't usually, you, yeah, you don't usually, I'm trying to think if you do, yeah, you don't usually do anything. Um, I've never seen someone being, like, approached, like, do you want to do the baptism? And usually... The only thing I've kind of seen like that is when there is a baptism, they ask at the end, at least the church I was in, they would ask at the end, Do you, does anyone here in the congregation feel kind of moved to, you know, start working towards the steps to get baptized, you know, at a later date, not at that very moment. And you basically get baptized. You, you know, you if you stand up at the part of the service, then they'll recognize you um, as, you know, the pastor would just recognize you and notice that you stood up and said that you were interested. And then they would probably approach you or call you or you would um, get in contact with them and start the process. Um, so usually, at least when I was younger, there was a book, I don't remember what the book was, but, um, it was a book about the church and the Bible and basically what you're buying into, like what you're making the decision to follow. And ultimately it's about, you know, making a choice to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, um, meaning that, you know, God saves you from your sins, and that's the general decision you're making, but then in the class, you're also taught a lot about Adventist traditions, how Adventists um, have certain traditions and read the bible and study certain things that make you ready uh that make you that make you kind of um um i guess in the viewpoint of the adventist church you're you're considered to be more accurately following the bible than any other you know protestant churches um, do I believe that? No, but that's kind of what you're taught is that this is right. And then you're taught all the differences of what the Adventists do um, and how come the way they do it is considered right according to um, the Adventist church and how other churches 
um, traditionally do things wrong. So a lot of things you'll see um, them focusing on are um, things like the baptism itself, the um, the process of baptism that, like I mentioned, that is at an older age, usually around 12 years old or so, you're able to actually accept to be baptized and no one's really going to hassle you over it. Um, people do get baptized at older ages, even like late adulthood, very late, like elderly age, senior citizen adults, um, middle-aged people in their twenties. Um, some people get re-baptized, um, and then another thing I forgot to mention is that, you know, another way that you can get into being baptized is if they do at the end of the service an altar call. Um, now, usually the only time in our congregation when we did altar calls, where the, where the pastor did an altar call would be after communion. And our service didn't have communion every week. They did it once a quarter. And quarters in the Adventist church is every 13 weeks. So you have four 13-week periods um, throughout the year. And so the quarterlies go for 13 weeks. The I don't know if there's like a mission report or something. I don't remember. Um, but a lot of the quarterly topics go for 13 weeks. You have the same quarterly um, when I was younger, they would print it out and you would have it for Sabbath school, but every day during the week, there would be like lessons and you would have like a little study guide book. And then whatever that topic was for the week would be what you would study on the Sabbath at the Sabbath school class before church. <clears throat> and so BAP, uh, yeah, so we would do every 13 weeks, they would do communion um, at the end of the service. Um, and then they would ask, you know, they would explain it, you know, like that, you know, if you're a baptized member or a member of the church or an adult, you can take communion Um Anybody who's a visitor is welcome to take communion or not. Um, they also do like foot washing. Um, but let's get back to that. But yeah, basically at the end of that whole uh, communion uh, ceremony, this at the end of a regular church service, um, they would the pastor would ask, you know, is there anyone who didn't partake or who didn't um either wants to rededicate their lives to God or wants to, um, you know, newly become a Christian. Um, is there anybody who's interested in that? And usually you're asked to stand up, you know, I don't know why they always put people on the spot, but you're usually asked to stand up. So you would stand and, um, usually they would notice you and you'd stand through like an ending prayer and 
usually I don't think anything really would happen after that. Like you could either come up to the front for the altar call or stand up at your seat. Um and then I don't know. I I feel like that was usually around the time where uh people were giving their lives to God, but that wasn't necessarily a baptism. That was just like a public declaration that you're accepting God. Um but it wasn't the baptism ceremony. Um, I don't know if after altar calls, if you really would get approached for somebody to try to start lessons with the pastor. Um, or if you would get a call or if you could call in. Like, I don't really think that really happened at the altar call. But it was kind of like a step towards like, you know, and you could do that every single altar call. You could say that you could you could stand up or go up front every altar call if you really wanted to and they may have had them one more than once every quarter because that seems like not a lot to me I feel like they did have more but it wasn't every week um so yeah going back to the baptism you would take these classes and you would learn all this stuff so you would learn um about Usually, they talk a lot about the Sabbath, um, the Fourth Commandment, and all the commandments, all the Ten Commandments, pretty much. But the Fourth Commandment, um, they talk about, you know, why does the Adventist Church do it Friday night to Saturday night? Um, Going, I mean, I'll I'll talk about this more in detail. I'm just going to go in general about the topics. Um... You talk about, you know, the the um, Old Testament laws, the dietary restrictions about, like, eating only animals with a cloven hoof that chew their cud and, you know, certain kind of things like that. So, like, you can eat beef or ox or that kind of thing. Like, what kind of food is, like appropriate to eat like no shellfish no bottom feeders um no calamari no mussels no clams no pork pork is a big one no pork so that means no ham no bacon no sausage um if you are gonna eat meat it needs to be the right types of meat so birds certain types of fish in certain type of beasts, but you can't really just eat any old animal. Um, and in the Adventist tradition, it's preferred to have a plant-based diet. Um, you're kind of looked a little more highly upon if you're vegetarian or vegan, um, but you're kind of still in good standing if you eat meat, as long as it's the right meats. If you're running around eating like pork and bacon and pork chops and chashu and um, shrimp and all this other stuff, um, it's a little bit of a taboo thing, but people do it. People do it. Um, And then there's other stuff about like 
um, not being like adorned with a lot of jewelry and having more of like a humble lifestyle um, not having like extra expensive flashy clothing not having you know jewelry that makes you stand out not drinking caffeine meaning coffee tea coca-cola um not smoking not drinking or doing other drugs um um certain lengths of modesty of clothing you know like not wearing really short skirts or short shorts or midriffs and all that kind of stuff um what else and there's a lot of rules basically um you know there's the conversation about you know how the adventists believe about lucifer being um the start to evil um in heaven and you know about a lot of the ellen g white books and her role in adventism um and yeah that about baptism being um at a certain you know old enough age to be able to make the choice yourself and um to that it's a lifetime permanent decision and um yeah you can make the choice yourself and that it the baptism is by immersion meaning that you're not sprinkled or not dipped but your whole body is fully immersed under the water um and that might be just about it other than following the 10 commandments um you know going to church tithing 10% i think they say um 10% before taxes and then 5% to charity before taxes um so you're not um considering the taxes that are taken out and you're giving the most amount of money that's already 15% and no you know in California we get taxed like 20% so um you're you're missing a lot of money if you're tithing and giving offerings um and it's also kind of uh not really pushed but missionary work is you know talked about um missionary you know service for like a year in an, in another country that you know where there's people of need like in certain villages and things or even in the US i know people who did mission work at um a Navajo reservation in Arizona um there's an Adventist uh reservation there's an Adventist um residential school there called Holbrook um and I think it goes grades K through I think it's K through 12 it might be K through 9 or something like that and they have like a trade school, a trade kind of program on site and stuff. Like I've been there before. I've seen it. Um, I was surprised that there were like little kids, like five year olds, dorming there. Like it's a boarding academy. They they board there. They stay there. Um, 
I was told that a lot of, uh, I don't know the percentage, but that it's not uncommon, like that the, that some of the students, their parents use it more like a, like an orphanage to take better care of the kids. Um, and it's very cheap. It's under $100 a kid, but it's still expensive for some people. And then there are people like sponsoring the kids sometimes. Um, and yeah, so there's the mission work. Um, you kind of get taught a little bit too about like certain professions, like doctors, nurses, teachers, um, people in the in the health and nutrition fields. I was never really taught too much about mental health, but I'm pretty sure they're weaving that in. Um, and yeah, so the Adventist Church really pushes um, people learning their own, like, um, sorry, having programs like schools, universities, um, hospitals. They have a lot of colleges, a lot of elementary schools, a lot of um, academies, junior academies, boarding academies. Um, I have a lot of friends that went to Adventist boarding schools and graduated from there. I have a lot of friends who went to Adventist colleges or Adventist universities, graduated from there. I had a lot of friends who um, were theology majors or double majored with one of their majors being theology. A lot of friends who became pastors, who got a master's in divinity. Um, I have a lot of friends who did mission work in places like Nepal and Tanzania and Chuuk and Yap. Um, I think Yap, not Chuuk. Um, that's like in micro the Micronesian islands. Um, like I mentioned, Holbrook in Arizona. Um, we did a lot of annual mission trips when I was still there from grades eight till, I think my generation was the only generation that was there through a lot of like junior college, college. Like we were the first, one of the first generations in that church to kind of consider community colleges over going in debt and going into an Adventist university. Um, a lot of us went to the local public community college and that was a bit... Um, not okay. And so, yeah, they would go to the public, the public schools and into a public university or the public, um, you know, lifestyle and still, you know, would be at church. We were the first group that I remember there were people in their 20s and 30s still coming to church, which usually in the Adventist church, there's a big gap you usually leave around college age, around 18 or so, and you'd probably be, be going to church, like, through the school, but usually the schools are, like, you know, in kind of more rural areas. They, Adventism, they tend to value kind of not living in the major cities because of health and stress reasons, polluted air, things like that, um, and they tend to have, like, health centers. There's the ABC stores, the Adventist book center um there's a truck there that comes and comes around places i think 
and you could buy like snacks and foods and canned goods and they have Loma Linda has their own brand of veggie meats canned and frozen veggie meats um they have their own little stores and stuff and they have a lot of like little nutritional stores and you'll usually find a lot of vegan and vegetarian um and organic foods uh food spots and like things like that around Adventist schools Adventist universities I think La Sierra University is the closest to like a major city um and so yeah that's kind of the stuff you kind of learn about but before you go um to you know even becoming baptized you're basically already indoctrinated with these things um one form of the tradition one thing that helps in the tradition with the indoctrination is definitely the sabbath if your family keeps the sabbath the way that adventists traditionally keep it then you're technically going to be either involved in church every week or you're going to be often studying the bible or listening to sermons or doing things related to the bible at least once a week so you're usually going to be you know like I was raised um, around people who, you know, we would listen as kids, you know, the mom would come in and they would have like these cassette tapes to put us to sleep. And we would listen to like Bible stories that were like kind of paraphrased for kids and kind of like sound effects in the background. And there was one about like Daniel and the lion's den. This was like before VeggieTales. So it was like... um you know, it was just like biblical stories that we would listen to. And it was like major stories in the Bible that we would listen to. And, you know, we would do sleepovers with this friend all the time. And um, the mom would put on those tapes. And, you know, that would be what we would listen to on the Sabbath. Or we could listen to sermons or, I mean, and this is like, I, I don't know, I was probably like six, five, six years old, seven years old, going to sleep to the Bible. You know, it's like that kind of stuff sticks in your head when you're a little kid. It's like if you do that even once a week, it's almost like when you play sports once a week, you're going to get good after years of that. Um, you kind of learn it very easily. It kind of sticks with you. And so, um, you know, that's one way of the indoctrination of learning all this stuff so that by the time you are near 12 or so or 13 or whatever, you're able to kind of already know a lot. Like you're, you, if you were raised in the church and your parents were already traditional or you went to a school at least, like a, an elementary or high school um, every day, like you'd, you'd have Bible classes. They would teach you about this kind of stuff in the classes. You'd have a Bible class like every morning and then usually you'd have chapel once a week. So even if your family wasn't involved, if you went to the Adventist schools, um, you were involved. And so, um, you know, they, you know, the schools, like where I went, they didn't have, they didn't serve meat. Um, one thing I noticed you, when, like later on, uh, when I was working at the school, you could work on the Sabbath. Um, I remember telling them I can't work on the Sabbath. I wasn't like okay with it at that time in my life. This was like in like 
2003 or so, I was kind of not really into working on the Sabbath. So I would, so when the, in the winter, when sundown was around like, um, four or something and I was getting off at like, um, this was only Friday, Fridays though, but when I was getting off work at like, you know, I'd be getting off work at like four instead of like five or six, you know, I'd get off work at like whatever sunset time was for that day, I would clock out, um, and I wouldn't get paid, but I would tell them, you know, I I don't work on the Sabbath, and they were okay with it, but they never told me come in early or anything like that, like compensate and come in like 30 minutes early, if you're leaving 30 minutes early, they never said anything, um, so there was, yeah, I think that's generally how it looked, Um, that was the main rite of passage was the baptism. And then once you were baptized, our church gave us like little small gifts. So I think we got, um, I got this copy of Steps to Christ. It was a really nice version. It was, uh, um, this was from my youth pastor. He gave me an LNG White Steps to Christ and an LNG White Desire of Ages. Um, heart, uh, the Steps to Christ was hardback. The paperback uh, was the desire of ages um and then I got from the pastor in the church I think they gave us a a blank like picture frame where you could put a picture possibly like a picture from your from your baptism day um and a um so uh, and uh, a CD I got this CD by Sonic Flood I can't remember which CD it was but I remember it was like green and blue they had like green, blue, and white swirls on the front cover, um, and I think I still have the CD. I don't think I ever threw it away, but I got baptized like real, real, like me and a bunch of my friends. I want to say we were like 12, 13, 11, 12, 13 years old, like a lot of us, um, I think there were like 12 of us or 16 of us or something. There was like a cr- a big group of us. They were all like church youth um that were really close and we had a really good youth pastor and I think we all got baptized around the same time. Um and there wasn't like pressure to do it. I didn't feel pressure. I actually felt like it was right for me. Um my parents never pressured about it or really talked about it or anything. Now they talked about it afterwards and I remember um my dad making comments you know because you know you know I'm from LA and it's a big movie culture out here and you know that was one thing we kind of were allowed to do even though technically our church kind of like didn't really prefer us to be going out to movies but it also wasn't drinking and all that kind of stuff and it's like we were like I mentioned we were a group we were a group that you know, you usually didn't see youth and college age and high schoolers so involved in church um, until our generation. Um, we were pretty close to the church. We were at all involved in like Adventist schools five days a week. We went to sports league on Sundays. We went to church on Saturdays. We were very involved. And so, you know, we went to church and stuff but like we didn't like really have other too many other social circles um 
like we might have like in our neighborhoods and stuff but we didn't really have a lot of social circles like in our um like in our in our school like uh, like the public school kids or something like that like we didn't usually have all of that and so we had our social circles that were small social circle a small social circle of a lot of us it was like a whole group of us um and the majority of us you know would we all lived relatively in the same neighborhood enough to be able to take a bus or have our parents chaperone us around and like to and from the malls we basically just go to the mall or the beach all the time and you know at the mall there were movie theaters and we could take the buses between the malls or the buses to and from the malls and stuff like that and we would go to the movies like a lot and you know the food court at the mall and like eat and like we had independence able to do that now I had other friends whose parents were more strict and didn't even allow them to come with us to the to the movie theaters or to the malls or to the food court at the malls um and things like that and so um we were kind of like right around like not too strict like we were still allowed to like go out and do stuff independently but um you know we were getting chaperoned and stuff too like you know my mom would come pick us up and everything she had like a minivan and she'd kind of shuttle us all over town and you know they knew where we were and what we were doing so it's kind of like even though we were alone the time between we weren't like completely left alone and you know we weren't really into like drugs and all that kind of stuff like people I knew started getting into that later but when we were like younger um we didn't really like through 10th grade I don't think people really were too much into it other than a little weed and stuff like that but most of us who were too who were pretty connected into churches weren't too um you know we did things like the movie theaters and then I remember we would like we had satellite in our house and a lot of times between church and the sabbath you know i was allowed to have people over some of my friends you know they weren't allowed to do anything on the sabbath other ones were and so the ones who were allowed um could come over and um we would just hang around the house and watch movies or whatever um and we didn't usually go to the movie theater or out to dinner or out to boba or anything like that until actual night but we would usually hang around the house or go to the park or walk down to the beach and stuff like that and like you know do other kind of like milder just social activities hanging around in each other's bedrooms playing chess um and you know my my parents were home like we were always like our parents were always home when we were hanging out and like it, it was a very um chaperoned youth um chaperoned teenage years too for the most part now I could go out independently with my friends but um we were pretty chaperoned um as far as like rides and stuff like that and so you know we were used to kind of socializing Friday nights, Saturday nights, Sundays. Um, there was a lot of stuff to do, and that's mostly what made me enjoy the church a lot, was that there was a lot of activity, there was a lot of social, um, kind of fun socially stuff to do. Um, it wasn't just 
you know, wake up, go to church. It's Sunday morning, like, go to church. And then that's it. Like, it was, like, a whole lifestyle um, that we were kind of, like, involved with for, like, years. And so, um, but yeah, as far as rites of passage, that's all we really had. And then, like, the more you were in the church and involved in the church, if they saw that you were kind of, like, involved pretty regularly or maybe had a skill or a gift or even a willingness to volunteer even if you weren't good at something they would let you just kind of do it um or take charge of it and lead it or have a ministry of your own and stuff like that so you could either be a part of a ministry or in charge of a ministry and some of the ministries were like a bigger deal like being a deacon was an actual position and things like that but um you know, you could do like, um, what else was there? You could do like praise team. You could do, which is like, um, the singing. You could do, um, like weekly prayer meetings or, uh, prayer teams and stuff like that. I know there was a group of ladies that would get together and like knit or crochet and they would volunteer their time i think they were called the busy bees and they would um knit and crochet and stuff and then they would um give away either blankets or beanies or whatever the projects were i think they give them to like the homeless or give them to like certain places um and it was it was pretty good i mean like i had friends that were like pastors kids youth pastors kids like there were people that i was around that were you know pretty strict like the kind of strict where you don't cook on the sabbath you don't clean on the sabbath um they would cook their night their meals like tonight when i'm recording this it's like 7:24 p.m. um everything would be cooked you know before friday night and then your food would already be pre-cooked for saturday and you know a lot of my friends couldn't watch sports they couldn't play sports they couldn't spend money on anything they couldn't make money um and i'll get more into those things but um yeah it was interesting but that's as far as most cultures i mean most cultures have a rite of passage i think the baptism is the only real rite of passage that you have in the church um and it's kind of ideal when you're at a younger age but definitely there are a lot of people who got baptized way later um and that was fine too so um I don't really think um I don't know there's kind of like an expectation that's almost like unspoken like you get baptized around 12, 13, then you go to, you know, Adventist college and, you know, you might take a year between high school and college to go do a year of mission work out of the country. And like, there's unspoken stuff like that. There's like a track that you would be on. Um, that's like the most ideal track to get you to basically your career in a place where you're marrying another Adventist person, raising an Adventist family. That's kind of, the goal (laughs) um and keeping all the traditions and the commandments in the bible and stuff like that um i feel like most churches aren't that involved 
like most Protestant churches, you kind of just do your thing, you know, um, I don't know if there's like a community feel, but it's kind of interesting. I've mentioned this before that, you know, I was raised in a major city. Los Angeles is a huge city and I was raised in one of the biggest cities in the world and, you know, still feeling like I had a small town, a small town upbringing, considering that I was raised in like an Adventist community for the most part, even though all around me, it wasn't Adventist. People never even heard of Seventh-day Adventists. Like, it wasn't even, like, on people's radar. Like, people didn't know what it was. Um, And usually you just say, I'm Adventist, and people don't even know what that is. And so, um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. It kind of depends on your experiences and kind of what you want to do in life. If it's worth it, if it's, you know, okay. Um, if it's helpful or if it's toxic and, you know, harmful and traumatic, like there's, there's ranges there from like really good to like really bad. And so I can't really paint a picture for every single person. Everyone's experience is going to be bad or good, um, or somewhere in the middle. I would say overall, my experiences were good, but I did um, notice what was bad because I was so involved. I did notice things that just didn't vibe well with me. Specifically, it would be the gossip and the, you know, judgment. Um, those two things were just kind of like not, um, something that I ever was okay vibing with and just that you couldn't really trust people. There's a lot of backstabbing, um, a lot of people with anger issues and just taking out their frustrations on people and a lot of people just not really knowing how to play nicely and um that kind of thing but um I'm going to keep recording about like Adventist culture just because it's kind of interesting um but yeah that's pretty much all I have to say about rites of passage and just kind of the process of um how you would actually get um, you know, to a place where you'd be considered, like, of some kind of a status versus, like, oh, you're just a kid running around, like, that kind of levels you up. The baptism kind of levels you up to be able to get positions, positions in the church. Um, but then again, you know, they do use their perception of you to choose if you're allowed to actually do stuff. Um, but yeah, we'll get back to that. I mean, I've recorded about a lot of this, but I'm trying to do like an organized version. Um, that's it for this one. And thanks for listening.